Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Welcome to Game Over Montreal. It's feeling a little like Dominique Ducharme is behind the bench right now. I mean, I'm not trying to throw St. Louis fully under the bus, but tonight was not pretty. It was not a fun watch, and I feel like it's been getting consistently worse over the last stretch here. But you know what? Our tankers in the audience shall be happy. The Canadians are on pace to get into that bottom area of the standings. They're working hard to uh, break into the Arizona, Philadelphia, San Jose, Columbus range. I don't know if they can catch Anaheim or Chicago. They're just too bad. But hey, there's lots to talk about still. We can talk about Jordan Harris actually doing good things. King Gooley breaking the shutout bid. Jake Allen, you know, put on a pretty strong performance considering the scoreline. And uh, lots of other stuff. I've got a great guest with me tonight because uh, he's not really a guest. He's the co-host of the show, Mark Dumas, and that's going to be really fun. But before we get into it, i got to tell you about Sports Interaction, because you think you know the way it's going to go? I did. I thought that Yoel Armia was going to score tonight because it was his 420th career game, and he's sitting on 68 career goals. He could have been the ultimate meme machine, 69 goals in 420 games. You could have done it, Yoel, but we, we were this close, this close to perfection, and you ruined it. Unfortunate. Even got put on the first line. Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. You want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. All right, I'm going to welcome in my guest tonight, Mark Dumas, and I swear to God, guys, I actually did a sound check, and you will be able to hear him. No muting tonight, I promise. How you doing, Mark? How's <laughs> no, it going, Andrew? No muting, and he comes on? No, no, <laughs> I, it's, the ice cream muted me. I'm not going to reveal what I'm eating right now, but it's delicious. So that's a hint. It's really good ice cream. Hey, man, I loved how you broke from the ad copy there to, to go on a rant about UL Armia. Because that's how every Habs fan, I think, is feeling right now with some of these decisions, right? Like, it's being absolutely ridiculous. Get that duck back on there. I understand what they're trying to do, but you can't sour your top two players. I know I'm jumping into your rant right after it, but if we look in the chat here, I think... Uh, and by the way, hey, hi, everyone in the chat. I think they'd agree that the idea of putting you all on me on the first line is just... It's just... It's silly. It's galaxy brain moves by San Luis. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's desperation, right? I think they're trying to get their players who they want to trade this year going and it's just not working it, it worked for mike hoffman i feel like he's actually playing pretty good hockey like what you can expect from mike hoffman he's doing his job yeah it started to work a little bit for dodonov you know i feel like jonathan drewen he's had some good games some bad games production's not there armia it's it's just been beyond a struggle none of them really have put on performances that are going to get big returns like even hoffman i feel like would be a struggle to trade unless you pulled back salary it's and, it's and the sean monahan show really yes 100 percent. he'll get a good return but like what are you even trying to turn armia into you know what i mean like you're or, or, not you, taking really... salary back that's what they're trying to turn essentially into. or or maybe like you know for some of the other guys and prove it from a, a fourth round pick to a third round pick, it's not worth it. It's really not worth it. Now, a lot of the criticism here that I wrote about Sham tonight, it's a little unfair because he doesn't have a about, ton of roster construction. 
Pardon me. Yeah. Yes. I and 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 let's see. The roster isn't there. I get the sense that they're being told by management give these guys ice time. You know, it's as simple as that. So I I have a feeling that Saint Louis is kind of between a rock and a hard place. Now that doesn't mean you don't use Justin Barron on the power play. Like that's crazy. The guy was leading the AHL in goals in power play goals. You have the worst power play in the NHL. Connectly, this a problem. I take the Papineau to figure out what's going on here. So uh, just put Doc back on the for- first line. At least you'll have some functioning, some semblance of cohesion. And, and the good news tonight, if anyone was watching the Canada game, is there was a lot of great prospects on their way up, but you don't have to destroy the confidence of your top two players, you know, while doing it. And and also, I know everyone wants to see what kind it is. Half-baked. Mm, half-baked is the, is the right stuff. So shout out to everyone in, in the chat. And uh, since we're talking about power play, we got Tankovsky saying maybe Yulunin should be given a shot, and I actually think he should. Yeah, I, I think there's going to be a lot of guys from the Laval Rocket who are going to get shots once some bodies start being moved out. I mean, I think the Canadians are also in a pretty precarious situation cap-wise. Like, they don't actually have a lot of wiggle room to, to be calling guys up willy-nilly when they don't necessarily have to. Yeah. Like they've got guys that can play that are healthy, so they don't have a lot of movement there. But, I mean, like, Nick Richard, he shouldn't be playing on the fourth line right now. He got a goal, like, right away. Like, just give him a chance. I know right. he's not a prospect, per se. I think he's 26 years old. Just turned 26. But oh, the kid is at least playing with fire, right? And Intensity. Yeah. And if, if you... you're going to take Doc off of the first line, hey, throw Richard up there for a couple games. See what happens. Or right? Tell maybe him even your eye. Yeah, I mean, like I'm not saying that he deserves it, but uh, yeah, at this point, this idea of trying to kickstart your your veterans with your top line, c'est de la bouillie pour les chats. You see, when I get annoyed, I go straight for the French. But um, yeah, I, I, I understand why he's trying to do it, but I, I don't like it for the Montreal Canadiens. It's just it's overthinking things, and that's where Deschamps got into trouble is when he started to overthink things instead of going with the most logical approach. So Anthony Richard led the AHL in goals. You put give him six minutes a night. Like, what, what are we doing here? What's the point of that? And you also have to see what this guy can do in the NHL. So I thought it would be a, more of a season that of opportunity rather than log jams. And it's kind of feeling a little disappointing that Chews didn't get rid of this log jam before now. Now, understand, the guy loves sticking to his guns. He gets the trays he wants. But um, I feel like it's starting to come to a head. Actually, I feel like it came to a head in late November. And you're going to have a few disgruntled players on that uh, in that lineup uh, if, if the decisions stay the way they are. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that depends on, like, I think most of the guys know what they're in for with this team. But I, I don't know. It, it's one of those situations where, I understand the method to the madness and and why they are where they are. Like if they were to trade a guy like UL Armia in the off season or a guy like Mike Hoffman, are they getting anything back that no, you, you, they're going to buy out. They're going to buy out UL Armia. That's the only option here. Yeah. They, and that'll give them a little more money for Caulfield. It'll save him about $2 million overall, but he's got negative value. And, and as uh, I believe it was Miss Epico was saying in our chat, even if Armia scores a goal, like, okay, cool. He has one goal since April 5th, you know, like what, what like, are we going to miraculously increase his value by, by not only just making it worse for him? Cause now you show that he can't score in the top line, but also you're tanking your two best players. And, and I just, yeah, I, I don't understand that. I, I, I like a lot of what Martin Saint-Louis has done with this team, but 
you know when he said about this thing about concepts he doesn't like systems he likes concepts I, I get that. I understand what he was trying to, be, to to say, but the Canadians need a, a few solid systems because they're getting outplayed more this year than they did last year. You know, so they're like their XGF is down, their high danger chances are down. That's not the direction you want to tread. And I understand the draft is going to be great, so you don't want to overdo it. But these are some adjustments that you can make that won't necessarily ruin the tank, but it'll also pay off long term. Yeah, I think part of that is also like they are very clearly a worse team than they were last year on paper. Right, like guys yes. like Christian Dvorak, Kulak, P- yeah. yeah, Petrie, like this, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But like even guys like Christian Dvorak should be better this year than what we've seen. Right, like I thought there was a few moments yeah. tonight where I thought he's Christian- been good recently, actually. Yeah, yeah, there's, <laughs> that's, there's, a, that's like classic absolute, Yeah, yeah, like there was a few moments tonight where Christian Dvorak actually went the extra mile on plays. Uh, I believe there was it was in the second or third period where. Yeah. Uh, it was on a power play, and Suzuki just gave him. It was either Suzuki or Caulfield just gave him a bad pass, like right in his skates at the blue line, and he lost the puck. Uh, the Lightning got it, and he just dove and poke checked it down deeper, created a, a situation where they could have done something, right? Yeah. But then four times tonight, four times, he put himself in a situation where he showed every Lightning player what he was going to do with the puck. And just passed it in the middle of four lightning players with no Canadians player. Like he was trying to go through four guys on the power play and just like, what, what do you, what are you doing? What do you think? There's just nothing there. And I think it's not just about Christian Dvorak, but guys like him need to be better. You know, last year, as much as people like to malign him, Jeff Petrie was the Canadians best defenseman by a country mile. He was the best player on the Montreal Canadiens yeah. last yeah. year. Yeah. And Mike Matheson, when he's been in the lineup, he's has been very been good. Fantastic. But he's only been in the lineup for 10 games. So yeah, I don't want to team... start the whole like uh, health thing with him, but what about the whole health thing with him there? You know, yeah, I mean, we, it's hard to know what's going on there and whether they're just being cautious, but yeah. I, like, I'm not so worried about the health thing. Cause I don't think Matheson is like, necessarily part of the rebuild like he's no 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 he was just like right now right like end of his prime but it was a way for them to not be too terrible on the like not exactly kind of hiding the tank a little bit there but it's not working out because he's not playing right so like they're very clearly a bad team without him and it it's just really tough five rookies tonight and i don't think the rookies were the worst defensemen because it's it's still edmondson you know (laughs) I, i feel bad for him but like Man, give Baron to Gooley and just see what happens. Which is cool. You know, I still think it's really cool that, um, okay, I think it was what Paper Dolls mentioned, Suzuki looks frustrated and we can talk about that, but that's just a result of, again, like, I don't know if we, you, everyone watches the locker room, the interviews, Suzuki said, like, it's so annoying not to score in the power play, you could tell he's getting annoyed. So when I talk about those adjustments for Sandy I'm talking about the importance for a guy like Suzuki and Caulfield keeping their, uh, their, um, uh, you know, confidence up, but yeah. So with the, uh, going back to the rookies, I would say here, the Montreal Canadians are in such a cool position because Andrew and you and I have covered hockey together for like almost a decade. When's the last time the Canadians started with more than one rookie defenseman in the lineup? I can't like, I honestly, I feel like they had two Beaulieu, Beaulieu and, uh, Tenorti? I don't know how much they played together. I feel like, Back in like 2013, Yannick Weber was like technically still a rookie, even though he'd played when PK broke in. But, but like, Weber was like the seventh defenseman, right? 
Mm-hmm. And PK, at, when he started his career, was on the third pairing. And it wasn't until around now, post-holidays, where mm-hmm. Jacques Martin was like, mm, I think he might be our best player. And he yeah. decided to put him and Hal Gill as the first pairing and allowed like uh, Spotrick and Hammerlick, I believe. To that was actually a really minutes. solid pairing for a long time. Yeah, it was. The Czech sausage pairing, uh, as they right? like to call it. But, uh, but yeah, so it's just cool that we're even talking about the idea that and you know, I'm actually t- like bring up uh, uh, Otto Leskinen got injured. Bring up William Trudeau just scored his first AHL goal tonight. Bring up William Trudeau. Like, let's go for it, man. Because it's not just a cool thing. It's not a tank method. These players, the defensemen have been the rookie defensemen have been their best players, like by far, other than Matheson. So it's cool to see. Like, despite all my complaints about the roster construction and the usage, the rookies on the blue line is such a cool story, man. Um, and it's not all of them will pan out. But you know, at least two or three of them will probably turn into something like fairly special, and and that's really encouraging for the Canadians. Yeah, hundred percent is. And I wanted to talk about uh, Jordan Harris tonight. But before I do, I got to tell everyone who's uh, h- hanging out with us here on the holidays. We really appreciate you. I mean, shout out to the chat. I know I saw I saw uh, Denis I miss Saku on Twitter saying that uh, Mark and I mm-hmm. are his dream hug. I got to say, Denis, you can do better. We right. know you. You can do better. Uh, K is here in the chat as always. Tagovsky, Noel, always here. Trizak, always here. Yeah. You people, we love you. Miss Epica, of course. We Claire is here, and of course our stalwart mod Robert. We yeah. really appreciate yeah. how much and, yeah, yeah. Paper you dolls, bring man. to the it's show so cool. and yeah. how loyal you guys are on a game like tonight during the holidays. That you still make time for our show, and all we ask is that if you're here, like the show, subscribe to the channel. Maybe give us a little share on Twitter or Facebook or wherever. Tell everybody that you know that is a Habs fan that, hey, you have fun here. Why shouldn't they come and have fun as well? Because it's always fun to have more people here. I'll we eat really... one bite of ice cream if we get two more likes. That's why I'm putting, <laughs> putting the gauntlet down. Denise says, it's my dream hug and I'll choose who I want. Fair enough. Fair enough. He knows he can do better, but he he right? shoots he shoots for not not the stars, not the horizon, Maybe the dirt, but that's yeah, okay. the, the, the loam, the loam, whatever's below. Well, yeah, the, I, I, the burn I am behind a very the good hugger, though. So am I. I Maybe yeah. that's what well, he see? knows. Quality over he's got hug- uh, hugalytics. He's got those, those, <laughs> the numbers. But um, yeah, Jordan Harris, man, uh, it's so smart. And I have to say, in development camp, I'm thinking this guy, not ready yet, you know, like, to make the jump straight from the NCAA, it's still a big deal. And uh, but he's such a cerebral, smart player that I think he might be the Canadians' best round all around, like defense. In terms of, there's not a ton of weaknesses there. Um, yeah. uh, but it'd be tough to compare him to Gouli, but still, pretty darn good uh, considering fresh out of the NCAA. And uh, he he hasn't been maybe a little bit more now, but he really hadn't been sheltered to start the year. Him and Kovacevic were playing like fairly tough minutes. So uh, yeah, Jordan Harris amazing story and, and he has the ability to jump into the play at the right time his decision making is just on point that's why i love smart players because they make smart plays and jordan harris yeah he's easy to like just because he makes so many good decisions on the ice yeah and what i noticed tonight and it actually got better as the game went on i thought he's one of the few players who got better as the game went on but i what i wrote down in the first period was jordan harris is great at like his instincts are fantastic, right? He mm-hmm. knows where to go. He recoups pucks extremely well and gets into like dangerous areas. 
but I feel like he's at a point in his career right now where when he does have the puck in a dangerous area, he very rarely makes the best play. He just makes a good play. And I think if he can, because I know St. Louis talked about this all the time, trying to make the, find the best play, right? Yeah. If he can take that next step to making the best play, he can become a much more impactful defenseman. Yeah. yeah. There was a point, yeah. there's a play in the first period. I think he was the one who actually made the keep in at the blue line. It was like a terrible turnover by Tampa and he cut inside. And I think he had Jonathan Duran wide open on the side. And instead of going to Duran, he had a clear passing lane. He just kind of shoveled a puck on net on Vasilevsky. And like fair, right? It's a scoring chance. It's never a bad idea. And it's not going to get you benched. Right. That's the key here because rookies have to walk that line where make the right play, but actually 90% of the time it's like war games. The the best play is not playing at all, right? Kind of pull yourself out of it because <laughs> mistakes will be noticed. For know? sure. So um, but I think he's like, done a pretty good job. It's stuff like that where I think yeah. a little bit more offensive confidence and he tries to make that play instead. And in the third period, he basically did the exact same thing, but instead of just kind of flipping a shot on net, he drove the net. He, he saw that there was space in front of Vasilevsky and he go. nearly scored. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm a big fan of Jordan Harris and what he brings to the team, and I'm excited to see where things go with him. And, of course, we got to give a shout-out to Caden Gooley for breaking the shutout. Oh, my God. Thank. Well, first of all, and Tankowski here is saying... He was in, or they were in favor of um, Norlander at training camp. I, I, I was too. I was really drumming the Norlander beat there. I was saying, hey, the guy has experience. He can retrieve bucks. He's quick and break out. But it, quite clearly, I, I'll take the L on that one too. Harris has been the, the, the better defenseman. And Gooley, what I love is that this guy hates to lose. And I know it's so cliche, but like it's really like it bothers him to lose. So. You know when he's scoring those goals and he's not doing a big celebration, he's actually just pissed off that he didn't score three more. So that's the kind of like win at all cost mentality that I love to see. And I think his mental fortitude this year has been just fantastic. Like that's that's what you want to see from rookies. And it's a big risk to start like what, there's seven rookies in the lineup right now. You have to worry about, you know, their their not their mental health per se, but just their overall um impressions of games. They're, they're developing in this. You don't want it to be in a negative environment. And I think Gooley despite some really tough usage, man, he seems like the most mature guy on, on the team, right? Like he's like 90 yeah. years old, this guy. So it's, yeah, it's been really fun to see um, him break out into his, his transition has been much better than from, let's say from draft to now, his transition game has been, has just like exploded there. You know, it used to be pretty good, but now it's fantastic. So yeah, I think you look at him and you might have the foundation there on your blue line for quite a while. I, I was never convinced, Andrew, but I'm starting to maybe turn, you know, turn the page here and say, yeah, this guy might be a top pairing defenseman for a very, very long time. Because I saw him as like a good number three. Um, but hey, I'll be happily proven wrong in this case. I think we're going to see that very quickly. I know his underlying numbers are garbage, but as soon as I mean, he gets somebody beside him who isn't a giant boat anchor and matures a little bit like in terms of processing the game... It, yeah. It's going to flip really, really significantly. And, you know, obviously having a bit more depth on the team, like it's just really tough, I think, to push mm. play when the team is as weak for the most part. But like, then stop, stop anchoring them, though. Try him. Like, hey, yeah. I, I'd have to go back, but his numbers beside Jackai Harris and Kovacevic, very, very limited, right? But we're talking about like 20, 25 minutes. Numbers through the roof, like 70% on like shots, high danger shots, expected goals. 
you know, I, this idea that Guli needs to be mentored, I, I love it in theory. But who's the if you if you didn't know their ages, if you didn't have a stat sheet, who would you say is the veteran between him and Saval or him and, and uh, Edmondson? You know, you look at him and you say, okay, this guy has much more poise. Yeah. You know, he, he's clearly the guy that has spent a lot more time in the NHL. So I, I kind of reject the idea that he needs a mentor at this point. You know, may as well uh, see what he can do or put Saval or you know put all your veterans on the top pairing, let them get destroyed, and maybe give them some better, easier usage. That works too. But I don't like the idea of, of anchoring them with. But let's be honest, bad veterans. Yeah. And I, I think there's a certain amount to it as well of like, they probably want to trade Yo- Joel Edmondson this year. I was going to call him Joel Edmondson, but he's, uh, Yo- he's not Yo- the Joel. Oh, there's they, one Joel and one Joel. They're going to get like a, I'm, I'm guessing because okay, Anderson's gone, in my opinion, almost guaranteed. Monaghan, 100% guaranteed. Um, I think Edmondson, they're going to have, someone's going to dangle something really stupid, like kind of like the, the, the Ben Sherratt deal where you're just like, oh, oh yeah, I guess, I guess I'll accept this deal, you know? <laughs> like, so yeah, absolutely. You, um, I, I think you move him. I, I think you move him tomorrow if you get a good offer. I'll be perfectly honest. Yeah. It, it'll be oh, here I go trading everyone again. Yeah. We're trading everyone. Don't start trading Sam Montembeau though. They'll go, the chat will go crazy on you. No, don't no, no, no. Start. Would, don't start with I him never, or Jake n- Allen. They'll go crazy. Never, no, no, no. Absolutely not. But as Trizak points out, good day for the tank. And tomorrow, I, there's no best result. But there's a like, worst right result. Now, a three point game. Yeah. Oh, there is a worst result. Yeah, exactly. Um, I well, the way they're going, I think it was Trizak mentioned it earlier in the chat. Like they're not scoring goals, so that won't be an issue. Plus, I think they're getting Barkov and Eggblad back tomorrow. <laughs> so wow. that should be fun for the Canadians. But here, here's the good news. Looking at the tank, the Habs actually have the third highest odds of winning the draft lottery, even though right now I think they're eight and Florida's ten. So it's really about like five and six and a half percent. But they're right behind Columbus, I believe, in terms of odds to uh, win the first overall pick. So even if you don't get a guy like Connor Bedell, who had seven points tonight, you're looking at one of the best drafts, top fives in like the last 20 years. So as much as I'm complaining all now, everyone knew this was a plan going into it. Maybe that false sense of security after the strong start changed things. But this is going according to plan, right? You want to get one more good player and then go. So it's just um, there is a huge silver lining for the Montreal Canadiens here in that Florida's paid them a first round pick for 30 games of Ben Sherrod and someone else will pay them. I don't know about a first, but a good pick for Joel Edmondson and, and Kent Hughes has mentioned several times. He wants another pick next year, uh, f- uh first round pick. So it'll be five first round picks in uh, two years. That is some exciting stuff, especially with the draft that's coming up. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they're going to find another 2023 pick this year, just because I think another year separated from that Stanley cup final run, there's like less shine on Joel Edmondson than there was on Ben Sherratt, right? And Sherratt also had that like goal scoring streak to begin last year, which helps out. But uh, you know, a couple of good games would help. So maybe a little scoring streak. Something some to keep the fans checks. entertained, right? Because yeah. like they, they they found a happy middle at the beginning of the year where they were entertaining, chaotic, and they lose games. Um, but at this point, the fans aren't getting much out of it in hockey. It, we're in the 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 you know in sports entertainment industry they need to be uh, entertained a little bit more and as montreal um mufc mentions mentions some people don't like the tanking either so you have to strike the the balance between it i think there's ways you can players never tank but management does and stuff like fixing the power play or giving 
you know, taking Yoel Armia off the top line. And by the way, in the chat, they mentioned, can they buy him out? They can absolutely buy him out. We talked about it earlier. He's, it should happen the moment the buyout period starts. But um, yeah, going into it, I think there is a way that you can tweak this team a little bit so that they're not as bad and still not ruin your, you know, like going from 14% to 18% of the power play is not going to ruin your tank. No. And the other thing is like, there is a way we've already seen it. Keep the top line together. Even mm -hmm. in games where they lose, the top line is entertaining, right? Let the kids run a little bit. Like, put Gooley with Justin Barron or oh. Kovacevich, whatever. It doesn't really matter. And let them make mistakes. Let them have fun. Let them push play. Drop Edmondson down a little bit. Keep him away from top competition. Insulate him a little bit. You know, tell Mike Hoffman, uh, don't pass anymore. Just shoot. You know? One Do the Danny noticed... Heatley just be ready to shoot at all times? Exactly, right? One thing I noticed about tonight is like there's like this team is not good, but also what we're looking at right now is like the worst of the worst, right? Because this is not a confident team right now. No. Outside of Cole Caulfield and maybe Caden Gooley, nobody is really shooting with authority. There's no shine right now. There's not a ton of pride and yeah. Yeah, but like even they'll get into situations where they have a scoring chance and it's always like you gotta make that one extra stick handle before you shoot. You know, like you get the puck passed to you in the slot, just rip it. If it gets blocked, who cares? Because you're not yeah. scoring. Take advantage of the block. The block creates chaos. You can recover that puck and shoot again. You think yeah. like the Trust goalie's going to stop it? Just, yeah. just shoot. Go quick. Make quick plays. And the Canadians aren't making any quick plays outside of no. Cole Caulfield. And that kind of transitions into what I really wanted to talk about tonight, which is, are you worried about Nick Suzuki? I know by the underlying the numbers, he actually had a great night tonight. But Did he? Yeah, he was the best player on the team in terms of, uh, or second best in terms of uh, Rel Corsi. But, uh, oh, wow. And I think the best in terms of And shots. somehow with Armia on that line, they finished with under 4% expected goals. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it wasn't great. But, you know, take what you can get, I guess. Um the fact he was he had a twenty two point seven percent expected goals rate, and relative to the team, it was plus three. <laughs> right? Yeah, it was a bad. Am I worried in the sense that I think Nick Suzuki really wants to win as well? And this he he's not a fan of this tank, but he'll kind of he'll, he'll, he'll tolerate he'll, he'll it grin and bear it. But you know, after yeah. the game tonight, there was uh, it, I think it was either Kay or Noel Noel uh, put 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 ugh, sorry posted in the chat. That uh, he said our power play is embarrassing, and when you're and Nick Suzuki said the same thing. That, that's what I'm saying. Nick Suzuki said that. Yeah. yeah. So if your captain is saying that, and by the way, it's clearly true. So anybody who's going to come at him, like he's telling the truth, and I yeah. feel like there's value to that. But I look at Nick Suzuki lately, and I'm not seeing dynamic plays from him. I'm seeing a lot more frustration. And I think it started back in the Edmonton game when he when they had that uh, penalty box parade, and he mm. picked up the puck and just threw it down the ice. While yeah, the like the first kill. brain part of his NHL career. Yeah. Well, not first, but yeah, it, it, he lost his composure a little bit, right? And I yeah. feel like we're we're seeing more of that this year, or the last stretch in December, and it's just throwing him off. Like Caulfield, I I look at him and I'm saying, uh, okay, he's doing the things that he's supposed to do. He's taking the puck to the right spots. He's trying to score. And Suzuki's like passes into skates. He gets the puck. And instead of trying to make a play, he's just rimming it around the boards. He's yeah. not pulling any deeks. You know, like, I don't know if he's hurt 
or if he's just frustrated with how things have gone, or a little bit of both. I think he's he's, he's trying to, to almost do it himself, right? Like, uh, you know, you get to the point where, I mean, that that's what he's been doing the entire season, let's be honest, but you get to a point where you keep having guys like Anderson, Armia, like, uh, like let's be honest, guys that are absolute anchors on your line, and Caulfield's well covered, so I think he he's kind of putting it on himself, putting maybe a little bit too much pressure, but like you say, it's almost like he... He's making decisions that he was, he's such a smart player again. And that's what makes his, makes Nick Suzuki borderline elite is that he's intelligent. That decision-making has been a little off now. And, and it's almost like he's gotten a little, uh, it's not the, the whole grab your stick too hard thing. You know, I don't think he's stressed out or anything like that, but I think he's kind of upset at himself that he is not producing as much as he used to. And that's good. You want that fire to be there. Um, but also it's the shine of the start of the season's gone, Andrew. Like, I think people are starting to realize that was a fun start, but it was a false start. I, someone mentioned in the chat, it was a few things that were keeping them there. You know, the goalies were great. Um, mm-hmm. Caulfield was scoring, Suzuki was scoring. I had end of list, basically. But now I think the reality is that you're in for a rough second half of the season and players hate losing. So I love to see that, but you're right. You do need to make sure that your captain is happy. And I'm not saying that he's unhappy right now, but when he says stuff like our power play is embarrassing and needs to be fixed, I think you listen to him. And just, again, the idea of Justin Barron not being on the power play tonight is just absolutely blows my mind. I love Arbor Jackye, but come on, like, qu'est-ce qu'on fait là? Tu sais, comme Moses de Tabarouette. Like, you just, just put Justin Barron on there. Stop galaxy braining it. I like Anthony Richard. But uh, yeah, stuff like that needs to work for a team to grow, to develop in a winning culture. I think that's so darn important. And not, th- I'm not saying they have to make the playoffs this year, but just like tonight, was the type of game where the guys won't say a darn word after it. Like, they'll be in the locker room, no, no one will say a goddamn thing because they're all embarrassed, they're all frustrated. So, thankfully, there's a game tomorrow, but games like this against Tampa, yeah, I understand why they're weighing on uh, on Nick Suzuki. Yeah, and I feel like it's it's almost better that he's letting it out a little bit than yeah. trying to pretend like, you know, it's water off the duck's back because it, it's good for fans to see that he does give a shit and that they... The, I remember during the golf tournament, he was like, oh, yeah, our goal is to make the playoffs. And everyone was kind of laughing at him. But that, no, is that was the, his goal. The ma- that's the mindset of every player who steps on the rink. Players in, don't think. In the NHL, right? Like, it, well, maybe not every player, but most players, I think. There, um, it, it, It's just wild that it's gotten to this point so quickly, I think. Like, the, mm-hmm. the change has been so fast. And the fact is, the goaltenders have still been good. Like, Jake Allen allowed four tonight. I uh, and the end result was four one. He was Bay had, their best player, wasn't he? He was he was up there. Tampa Bay had five point one five expected goals tonight per natural stat trick. And I actually wanted to show something because like every game I follow an account on Twitter that uh, every game tweets out the like uh, game score charts. Hockey stat, hockey card stat, or whatever. Yes, I think that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's just fun to like quickly look through. I don't always agree with game score start. No, no. But like sometimes it's just. Players get lucky on a certain thing and it bumps up their game score or unlucky bumps it down. But I yeah. just I looked at the one from tonight and you won't be able to see it right here, Mark, but I'm gonna pop it up for everybody else to see. And usually there's some players in the positives <laughs> tonight. I think the Richard line's the only one that was at like fifty percent, right? Uh yeah. Oh no, Evans, I'm talking about court. I didn't look at the player score. Are they all on the left hand side? All on the left hand side. Every single player on the Montreal Canadiens this tonight and like pretty deeply, like, so like went went off the charts. But no, the other way, it's the bad way. Yeah, yeah. The top <laughs> it's player, it's off the positive side of the charts. The top player on the Canadians was Jake Evans, 
and he was about a, a negative 0.5 when you take oh, away good. That's the, always a good shred of positive. Uh, like Christian Dvorak, like I mentioned, he had some great moments. He had the biggest positive score, but also one of the biggest negative scores. <laughs> so it's it like... A, the Habs did up real good. The fact is, it was a shit game from pretty no. much everybody. Nobody had a game to write home about. Except Even for Saint I thought Allen. it was St. Louis' worst game as head coach of the Canadians. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would. I know uh, you're going to say they don't have the tools, and I get that. But there were some, yeah. like there were some unforced errors there. There were, and, and there were. There have been. I feel like the the honeymoon with Saint Louis pretty much coming to an end. I think we're starting to see some weakness in his case and some decision making that's just. I well, mean, I'm not going to go on and on about it, but the 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 army should have never been on the first line. Like, let's be perfectly honest. That's shenanigans, tomfoolery. You know, that's uh, it's it's just ridiculous it's fiddlestick and stupid there so it is. i think saint louis needs to also lead by example just like someone in the chat mentioned nick suzuki needs to lead by example well he needs to prepare them in the best possible way and that doesn't mean they're going to beat the lightning but show some life as claire mentioned like losses are fine but games like tonight demoralizing and it's the kind of thing that makes you want to not tune in next game and ironically the last game against the lightning where it was 5-1 the canes were way better yeah. than in this yeah. game right and I saw people be like, oh, well, you know, it's it's the Lightning. I don't think the Lightning played well. They, like, they were okay. Yes, they completely dominated by all that measures. Bra- that Braden Point goal, though. Oof. Oh, it was ridiculous. Mwah. But, man, Mwah. soft. Poor Christian Dvorak. That was such a soft play. And, and you know what? The worst part is Dvorak was like, he was, he was trying hard. He was back in his own zone. He actually got a deflection on it. 99 and then he just gave up. I know, but like 90% of the time, that would have been a great play. We'd be like, oh, Dvorak. But instead, all five Canadians players, including the goalie got posterized. Yeah, that would, yeah. Yeah, it was not great, but what was I going to say? I lost my train of thought. Oh, they were better than the other game. Like they, they played well at even strength, got killed on special Mm -hmm. teams tonight. It was just terrible all around, but like you watched the lightning play tonight. And I don't think that they were aggressive whatsoever. They stayed back. They hung back in their posture, waited for the Canadians to make mistakes. And it was just like, bam, bam, bam. Like beginning of the third period, uh, Kind of like the Stanley Cup final two years ago. Yeah, just wait for them to oh, make a mistake. And yeah, I think it was different then. I think the the Lightning took it to them, like took them to the woodshed pretty hard that whole time. Like, oh, well, this, at, at least in terms of capitalizing on like the mistakes there. Yes, you know, that for was, sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah. But tonight, I feel like the the Lightning didn't they didn't play aggressive at all. Like they didn't force mistakes. They just let the Canadians hand them the game. Which well, the Habs like were protecting a three zero deficit, right? Like half the game, they were. It looked like they were playing good old Jacques Martin prevent defense. Yeah, it was. It was. It's the kind of thing that sends shivers down your spine. No, you're right. I, I, that's why I wrote my recap. There is, you don't want them or, or expect them to win against Tampa, but show some life just for like for you know just show some emotion. And and the Canadians have the most difficult schedule moving forward. So again, great fans. <laughs> Yeah, fans of Mishkov and uh, uh, Fantanelli and, uh, and Bedal will be happy about that one. But things are going to get a lot worse before they get better. And they're probably going to trade some players, you know, so the, the, the lineup will probably lose some talent as well. So you, you just don't want to see it crash and burn, right? You want to see like a controlled crash if possible. And I think tonight just really, really reminded people of the start of the year last season uh, under Sham. And, and I think it kind of evoked some, some pretty bad uh, post-traumatic stress disorder there. Yeah, and I feel like it's kind of been leading there the last stretch of games, right? But luckily they can get back to it against the Panthers, who are struggling mightily as well. And I don't know, maybe they could score a couple goals. Uh, someone mentioned in the chat earlier on, I think before we even started, they only scored three goals or more four times in December, which is 
I believe it's that not was Krizak. Great. They're, they're yeah, not a no. high high powered team, but uh, I was looking at it tonight. Sean Monahan, it's it's rough, right? And it's I know crazy people are how, how not high on Monaghan. Gallagher, but missing yeah. Brendan Gallagher and Sean Monahan at the same time. Monahan, I mean, he, he allows Doc to go on the top. Yeah, um, I was looking at it today, and I almost tweeted out, but I felt like sometimes I feel like I don't I shouldn't tweet too many negative things about the Habs because as soon as I do, people are like, you know, like you just hate them now, and like, yeah, well, I don't love them now. But at the same time, I don't want to be too negative. But I look Kucherov, which is their fifth leading goal scorer, I believe, on Tampa Bay. Um, he had more goals than like seven Canadians for like combined, like Evans, Armia, uh, Dadanov. Uh, <laughs> like you can go through the list. And I was just like, man, this is just showing the disparity in talent here. And, and unfortunately, I, I'll say this. I think Benjamin left the team in pretty good shape. But those long-term crap contracts are really, really, really dragging them down right now. And it's not just a matter of not getting value out of them. It's it's You're basically removing opportunities for guys like Savkovsky, who, by the way, I know he's not having his best stretch, but the whole idea was you don't send him to the World Juniors because he's top six now, he's doing good. That's the dev- Now he's right back into the same position where he's hardly playing. Ugh, I, I, I was watching the game today, Slovakia, by the way, who beat uh, the United States. Michelle scored a goal. Hudson got an assist. And I was thinking for the first time, man, yeah, Slavos- Savkovsky should be in Halifax right now, honestly, or I guess Moncton. Uh, I think that decision in my opinion, was faulty just because they didn't follow through and keep him where he was. You know, they were happy with the results, but the second he made him, you know, he didn't look great, they dropped him down, and that's kind of what they did to Kotkinemi. So they have to be careful with uh, Slavkovsky. I think he has more, not maturity, but I think he's got probably a little more resilience, uh, you know, on that side, but it could get to him eventually if, uh, you know, if he keeps doing everything right and he doesn't get rewarded for it. I think that could become an issue with the first overall pick in the NHL. Yeah, we'll see. It's, I, I thought his ice time was actually okay tonight. He played 14 and a half minutes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, two on the power play. He was he was playing with Dvorak, right? So Oh, that's not bad then. He was he was getting his... I mean, the main question, I guess, is like, should he be playing more than a guy like Josh Anderson who doesn't really bring a lot, but... No, I, but, I don't but know. you still... I, I mean, you can then find again, minutes. Jonathan Duran played 17 and a half minutes. I know part of that's on the power play, but... It's hard to justify that as well. Exactly. And, and this idea that you're not going to get much for Dwayne, you're not going to get much for anyone else actually in that lineup except for Anderson. I actually agree with Anderson's the kind of guy that you can pump his value. Like two goals and suddenly GMs lose their minds. Yeah. But uh, for the most part, I don't think that those guys should be getting priority over Slavkovsky's development. And it's not that Slavkovsky's been a world beater or anything, but you want to... They said at the beginning of the year, we want him to establish an identity in the NHL, which is great. But that has to come with some some semblance of stability. And um, I believe tonight was the 19th line combination he's been on in the NHL. Like, you know, in what? In 35? Like, that's a lot. That's a lot, right? So he's, his, his usage has been really inconsistent. I think they have to, to watch that. Although, you know what? I didn't check the minutes, so I look like the idiot. I figured he was about <laughs> 11 tonight. So Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that he didn't have that great of a night, honestly, looking at it. But then he uh, actually led the entire team in... Uh, or the entire Ford group in expected goals for relatives. So, what, what was it? What we gave him? But his expected goals was what thirty percent, and he's thirty-seven point seven. Man, he crushed it tonight. <laughs> it the was a best bad of game. The worst. This is why I like it, it's. It was such a bad game that I feel like we can't read too much into it. No, you do burn. Even the though you, you... we're we're gonna do forty, like we've already done forty minutes on this game, which is crazy. But uh, yeah, it, it was it was a rough one. I'm trying to think of what else I had written down. 
Oh, what man, man, Wi-Fi didn't, um, our friend Arbor Jack, I didn't fight, but uh, Pezzetta actually scored a victory there against uh, Corey Perry in the third period. So he landed a few underhand uh, lefts there. That was, yeah, a, that was a nice I, little fight. I will say, I know it's contrary to like hockey Twitter public opinion, but I mm-hmm. unreservedly love Corey Perry. Watching him up close for a season, I have so much respect for what he brings and like yeah. the sacrifices he's willing to make, like that stuff. Corey Perry's front. awesome, man. Oh man, amazing. Like, However, he's just out there living his best life, and he's going at like pond hockey speed. You know when it always reminds me at about like eleven thirty in the middle of the winter, and people kind of slow down. They've been on the ice all day, and you're just doing these little dipsy doodles. But he's doing it. He's playing shinny against NHL players. Like that's yeah, he's he's fun to watch, man. I'm, I'm a big I'm a big Corey Perry fan. Like he's he's not at his best anymore, obviously, but man, he is so skilled. He's he's so incredible, but. I will say he looked like a punk in that Pizzetta confrontation. When you throw the sucker punch, the glove sucker yeah. punch, and then you lose the fight, man, walk of shame. Yeah. Like they should I it's wild they didn't give him the extra two for roughing, honestly. And honestly, in that stage of the game, they probably should have just sent him home. Like sent him to the oh, locker absolutely. room. Stop starting this crap. But I will say, you know what? Michael Pozzetta. Here's a great positive spin for the Montreal Canadiens. Michael Pozzetta. Mm-hmm. More goals this season than Victor Hedman. Look it up. Ça sent la coupe. Ça sent la coupe. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is, is Hedman hasn't scored this year? No, he's got one. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's saving it for the playoffs. I, and I like Michael Pozzetta just in the sense he's a really nice guy. I, okay, I think I've told you this before, Andrew, but at one point we were doing the Habs media day, so the Habs players come in and you know, you talk to all of them. And then I knew him quite well from the AHL. Like this guy was the first guy on the ice every morning. And you know how the whole story is you work hard, you get opportunities. His opportunities actually went down. Joy Bouchard did not like Michael Pizzetta. Let's just make that clear. Uh, the guy worked his, his ass off and he just never got those opportunities. So once Hull took over and then Pizzetta had that great camp in uh, Montreal, uh, he earned that contract. And we're at the media day and I, I just walked up like, hey, Michael, real quick. And he's like, oh, Mark, real quick, congrats on your contract. And I was like, oh, I was about to say congrats on your contract because I just signed an extension with the Habs. I was like, no, but to me, and I'm not trying to brag here, it's just, it's really cool that someone like a professional athlete would pay attention to stuff like that and just, uh, you know, want to, um, I guess, just point out that they're paying attention. I don't know. I thought that that was pretty cool on his part because he's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. He makes you look like... um, he basically looks like a long guy, you know, going to war with all that hair. But honestly, one of the nicest, hardest working guys in the entire NHL. So when Jack I came in, I felt bad because he kind of lost his role. But, um, you know, when you look at what, five goals and 11 assists last year on the fourth line? That's not bad production. But if we're getting that on this year, you'd be happy. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I, I think he's a guy that I don't see uh, like a, a real future with as this team rebuilds. But I can see him earning consistent spots in the NHL yeah. for the next Or five, going at the deadline in the sense years. that... That's what I mean. Like, for like a fourth-round pick or a fifth-round pick, somebody can add him in their lineup and get value out of him. Like I feel like he could be a guy who you spot in once or twice a series that just makes yeah. things happen, right? He'll score. He'll go in there and score like a stupid goal that changes the tide of a game. The Travis Moen goal? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> No, but really, you do need guys. I, I, I know for a fact that uh, some teams have, have inquired, and I wouldn't be surprised if they if they move him, just because I know that Hughes also kind of feels 
a little bad that Jack Eye essentially stole his role. So yeah, no, absolutely. Go, go, Michael Pizzetti. You just want to see guys like that succeed. Because for all the credit Joel Bouchard got in the development system, and I know it's at the end of the show, I think he deserved about 0% of it, if I'll be honest. And I was the guy in that arena, watching every single practice, watching every single game. Joel Bouchard got so much credit for stuff he wasn't doing. For example, Jake Evans, he almost destroyed this guy's confidence. Um, but somehow he got credit for like restarting his career. I mean, relax with that. It was a great story because everyone loved Bouchard, but um, the experience that I saw there, especially with guys like Michael Pozzetta, was that it was a very good thing that he's no longer with the organization. Well, I mean, if you believe in karma, uh, Joel Bouchard left the Montreal Canadiens organization, <laughs> missed out on a chance to become a head coach, went to the Anaheim Ducks, and promptly got fired. fired. So, yeah, and, and he would have, like, 100%, he would have been in Sham's spot, and he probably would have lost his job. But, yeah, that was... What, the biggest issue between Sham or um, Bouchard and Bergevin is they were so alike. Like, they're, they're almost an identical person. And uh, they obviously butted heads for that reason. But, um, you know, I, I just like seeing guys that defy the odds like Pizzetta just because no one gives him a chance. And, and his coach, even, you know, the coach that was like, oh, if you work hard, I'll give you a chance. La bouillie So he never did that. So Michael Pizzetta succeeded despite Joël Bouchard. That's how I'd put it. Yeah, 100%. All right, let's let's uh, let's wrap up the show for, for tonight. I really enjoyed uh, chatting with you as always, Mark, and chatting with everyone here in the chat. But I ate we're, almost we're... the whole thing of ice cream, man. <laughs> yeah, I might have to do that right after we close things out. But we're right back Thanks at to, it tomorrow Yeah, the night. chat was cool, eh? Everyone, Kate, shout out to everyone. Um, I'll be back on New Year's Eve. I'm going to be hanging out with all my friends. They'll be in the background just out of shot. And uh, I think I'm going to do for New Year's Eve, because I was going to get a guest, but I think we're going to do a straight Q&A. We're going to talk about our favorite things this season or in cap out the year. So kind of do like a year in review. It's a 4 p.m. afternoon game against Le Capital de Washington. And what, Ovechkin needs, what, um, 80 goals to, to pass Gretzky? 93. It, it, we can't say that it won't happen on New Year's Day. That's our, our New Year's Eve. That's all I'm saying. If they call Caden Primo, maybe. No offense, Caden. No. It's just you. You know what happened last year. You know it. It was bad. It was rough. Anyway, uh, yeah. See you all tomorrow. I'll be right back on here with the Ian Boisvert. Oh, oh Mark's... real quick! Shout out to Robert for hosting while while oh, I was yeah. stuck in the train station. Um, by the way, don't sleep in a train station. It sucks. It really, really sucks. But uh, yeah, I got stranded via rail style and I had to come home. I didn't like do anything, so I couldn't couldn't uh, log in there. But Robert and everyone, I went and I looked for all the comments. Everyone said did a great job and that does not surprise me because Robert is absolutely amazing. So uh, shout out to Robert for hosting. It's not easy to jump into someone else's stream, you know, especially a team you're not super familiar with. Um, so shout out to Robert for being excellent as usual. Robert and uh, Kara also on that stream. Huge thanks. That also allowed me to have a night off and go see uh, Canada's Drag Race live show, the finale, which was super fun. And I would yeah. suggest anybody. Any spoilers? Don't no spoilers. <laughs> I mean, obviously it's over, but uh, I, I would suggest anybody who has the opportunity to go to something like that to feel like the actual like the love in that room. It was mm. so cool. Such a joyous atmosphere really really fun that's my experience as well with, with with in terms of the drag community and whatnot it's some of the most fun like and liberated and there's no there's no masks there's no bs like it's you know it's it's genuine it's very genuine yeah yeah it was it was really really cool and, and a, like one of my most fun live experiences doing anything so highly mm -hmm. suggested if you ever get a chance to do something oh. like that 
And shout out, we got, I know it's always the same, like we love our Miss Epicas and our Claire's and our Paper Dolls and our Noah's. Tankovsky joined us tonight. So and actually had a bunch of fantastic questions or, or comments yeah. in the chat there. So tone First it down, Tankovsky, because we'll be I want to keep Heck my yeah. job. But uh, yeah, it's always fun to see uh, to see new people in the chat. And hey, here's the great part. The Habs might keep losing, but as we saw tonight, um, Kana- I was going to call him Kanal Badal. <laughs> Connor, Connor Bedor, Connor Bedor keeps scoring. So uh, you know, uh, again, if the Habs can lose a few more and, and Florida can use a, lose a few more, they'll have the top three. They'll be in top three odds to win the lottery. All right, Connor Bedard, future Montreal Canadian. You heard it here first from Mark Dumont. A Mark Dumont guarantee. Yeah, there's no going back on it. Connor right, Bedard might have a career. Yeah, exactly. CJ Duggan, hey. Cheers. We're going to say bye to everyone. Much love, right? Much love to all Absolutely. our chat. You're back tomorrow with Ian? Yeah, back tomorrow with Ian, then Mark on New Year's Eve, and then the first game of the new year, I've got Eric Young mm. joining me with uh, Chris Meany. So they're they're good buds, and we're going to do some, uh, some wrestling talk because that's always fun. Right. All right. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye, chat. Bye, Claire. We'll have lots of fun. Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.